Uh, Nicole Valentine, welcome to the Scoop HQ, to the Scoop cast. Uh, this is the first actual in-person Scoop cast, which is exciting. Um, we just did, it wasn't really a workout, we were, but we were up at, up at Wonderland Lake doing some filming. You just finished a bike ride. Tell me about your day so far. That was awesome. This is the best way to start the day with the Healthy Scoop team. So we were out in beautiful Boulder doing some trail running and... Now it's um, exciting to be back here and see the office where the magic happens. And we've been drinking our recovery shakes yeah. here. Cheers. Cheers. Um, well, first, let's maybe just introduce you. So talk a little bit about you, sort of your background, and, uh, and then we can get into some more uh, cool stuff. Just for the listeners that don't know who you are or what your, what your story is. Great. Well, I'm a professional triathlete, um, so newly turned pro. This is my second year. Before that, I kind of called myself a, a weekend warrior. So I was a, you know, working full time the corporate life, and then getting in swimming, biking, and running whenever I could. And decided I needed to make the jump and the lifestyle change, and came out here to Boulder and have been competing professionally. Um, the last two years, and it's been super exciting and just an amazing journey. Um, my background prior to doing triathlon the past five years was mountain bike racing. So I picked up my first mountain bike in Costa Rica and kind of dove into mountain biking there, and it was pretty epic. And so it was kind of, you know, baptism by fire, get on the bike, pedal and go, and just try to make it up some steep mountains. So I had a you know, a lot of fun getting into mountain bike racing before I uh, eventually decided to get into triathlon. So talk about that transition from the kind of corporate world slash mountain bike enthusiast into triathlon and eventually pro triathlon, because we were talking about this a little bit earlier before we started recording. And it just, it seemed like you had this kind of momentous decision to make and you obviously made the decision to become a triathlete, pro triathlete. Yes, um, it was quite <laughs> the decision to make. You know, I felt like when I was working full time in um, corporate finance as a marketing professional, that it was so hard to squeeze in all the workouts. And when I turned pro, I thought I could make it all work. And um, yeah, that bubble burst after about two weeks. There was just no way. And I realized I had to choose one or the other a, a career and went for the pro triathlete life. And, um, you know, I, I don't think I realized how challenging that change was going to be just in terms of overall lifestyle. You look at your income, um, and then obviously just the hours of training. So I ended up leaving my job, which was in DC, packing up my car, driving cross country with my bikes on the back, um, and uh, calling Boulder, Colorado my new home so that I could uh, train with an amazing coach out here, Michael Lovato, and his team, and, and just get the, the sort of support that I felt like I needed for this lifestyle. Um, but it's been tough. The, the hours of training, you don't realize that fatigue that sets in and then the pressure of making racing your career now rather than a hobby. There's so much that goes into it. And um, that's what I've really been learning. And that's how I ended up reaching out to the Healthy Scoop team is I was needing a protein product um, that was vegan that would help 
um, support the training and racing lifestyle because I found my body was just breaking down. And, you know, when you're not at 100%, then everything else in life is really, really tough. And talk about that decision when you kind of, in that moment, were you afraid or nervous or excited or all of it? Because I feel like for most people, that's just this outrageously crazy decision. Like, oh, I'm going to leave this, you know, sweet job and chase my dream. And like, it's, you know, I think some people might say that it's maybe not realistic for them, but um, we were talking about it earlier and just how it's like you, you have only so much time on this planet, first of all, and only such a short time to be an athlete, let alone a professional athlete. So um, kind of dig into that a little bit more. I'm just curious about like what that was like for you. It's so true. It's like, do you take the the safe road, the yeah. the corporate career that um, I feel like as a young person, you think, oh, I just want to climb the corporate ladder. I want to be successful. And it kind of goes back to how you define success and what your values are in life in general and, and what you're looking to get out of life. And um you know, I did realize that the athlete window was a short one. And so I had to either hold on to my very safe corporate career or, or make that jump. And, um, you know, I really believe in following your passion and following, you know, what's calling to you. And, um, you know, you have to make those giant leaps of faith. And that's literally, I felt like I stepped off a ledge and was hoping for a smooth landing. And I got kind of a bumpy one. But, um, you know, looking back now, you know, a year later after the decision, I know 100% that it was the right one. And, and it's really actually gratifying to start to see the pieces falling into place and to know, like, this is my path. The dream is starting to unfold, even though it seemed like a nightmare at first last year. <laughs> and before this uh, transition into pro, you kind of um, a turning point for you was um, doing Kona and then Xterra. And you won both, right? Amateur um, races. Talk about that, because that's that. That was a crazy story. Like, I want to share that with people because it's like it's an amazing story. Oh, thank you. Yes, I I was very lucky. My last couple years as an age group athlete, uh, I had quite a lot of success, and I was doing both the Xterra off road mountain bike racing, as well as I had gotten into the Ironman triathlon. I was you know, lured by this, you know, incredible challenge. Can I go that distance? Um, and so I had been doing Ironman racing quite successfully as well. I managed to qualify for both Kona Ironman World Championships as well as Xterra World Championships, which is quite hard to do. And then... Because um, they're really close to each other, right? Yeah. So they hold them back to back in Hawaii about two weeks apart. You've got, you know, Ironman and Kona and then Xterra and Maui. Um, so, you know, different landscapes, but, you know, hot, humid environments, which make it quite challenging for racing as well as the time frame. Um, so they have this cool little award that I think a lot of people actually don't know about that's called the Outrigger Double. So they take your fastest combined time from Kona Ironman and from Xterra Ironman and they grant that athlete, both age groupers as well as professionals, the Outrigger Double Award. And so I had won it in 2014 and in 2015 I was lucky enough um, 
to be doing so well in racing that I had gotten um, the pro card and knew the next year I would go pro. So I thought, all right, 2015, we're going to give it everything and really cap off this year as an age grouper. Um, so I came in fifth at Kona, landed on the podium, which was really beyond my wildest dreams, and then went to Xterra two weeks later. I was in great shape. I was like, this is Xterra World Championships. Like, this is my time to just crush it, and came out of the water ahead. I was super excited. I I, I was on the bike, and they have this climbing bike course going, like, up this volcano, and I was feeling so good, and and that came from some of the, the training of being out in Boulder, and um, unfortunately, though, <laughs> partway through the bike course, I was passing a guy, took the wrong line, and fell and crashed. And just, it was instant, got the wind knocked out of me, um, and stood up and just, you know, bike parts were all over the place. You know, my helmet, my water bottles, and I was gasping for breath and so much pain. And I saw my competition come by me. And it was this moment of like, is this happening? Is this how this race ends? And, you know, I really call it a, a character defining moment totally. where um, I've always believed in giving everything in a race and being epic and inspiring others. And I'd gotten so many messages of support from people before the race that said, you can do this. You can defend your outrigger double title. Like, I don't know if anyone's done that. Like, this is a, an enormous day for you. And I all those things went through my head, the people that were looking up to me. And I thought, like, this is not how the day ends. This is this is not my choice. And so I decided I was going to get back on the bike uh, if I could. And I had a lot of pain in my shoulder. I pretty much knew my collarbone was broken. But I decided, you know, we'll see. Can I squeeze my hand around the brakes on the bike? If I can, I'll keep going. And I got on the bike. The bike was okay. I was able to squeeze the brakes, even though I realized I couldn't turn the handlebars very mm. well because it was just this shooting, shooting pain yeah. in my shoulders. So um, I ended up finishing the bike race and got off the bike. And I thought, all right, I got this far. Let me try the run. Uh, so the run in Maui goes up this volcano. It's really intense. Is it Haleakala? Uh, it's, it, I think it's actually a different oh, volcano, okay. but um, it's, it's, oh, it's really rough. And um, for the first three miles, and I remember thinking I'm doing awful. I feel awful, but I'm just going to keep running, you know, one step after another. And I, I felt so sick. I thought I might pass out. I was in oh. so much pain. Um, but eventually I saw my competition and I ended up overtaking a number of competitors in the run and I was able to finish it and come across the finish line. And I found out I had come in third, I had placed on the podium and I had defended my title. And, um, so then at the awards ceremony, I've got my arm in a sling and, you know, it's just this really, really intense, but gratifying experience. Cause I know standing up there, you know, I had given it absolutely 100% more than I thought was humanly possible to finish that race with a broken collarbone. Yeah. And you could have just as easily have packed it up and said, uh, I have a broken collarbone. I'm going to just drop out and, you know, and like that maybe that would have been a smarter thing to do health wise but like that is like you said a career defining character like defining moment um and i think that that says a lot about you as an athlete as a person which is just awesome story so thanks for sharing that thank you um 
so you have Ironman Brazil coming up in a couple of weeks. Uh, kind of catch us up with your training and how training is going and sort of what kind of uh, has led you up to right now and then what you have moving forward before preparing for that race. Yeah, so, so excited about Brazil. I've never been there. It's full Ironman, so it'll be a, a big challenge. Um, but this year I'm seeing a lot of momentum. And uh, that's pretty exciting. I think when you're starting something new, uh, a new phase in life, they say to get from zero to one, to get that initial momentum uh, is so hard. And, and that's what I found last year with the transition. And this year now that I'm starting to get momentum, things are rolling and, and clicking. And you know the nutrition is starting to get that dialed in. I've been using Healthy Scoop, obviously, and love it. Getting more sleep, getting the recovery. Um, all those things have really played out a huge part in getting the training to go well yeah. and be solid. And once all that goes well, you start to get confidence. Yeah, because um, I feel like a lot of people don't realize how important all that stuff is for having success in training. You know, you absolutely. can just train your ass off and, and do as much as you can, but if you're not taking care of those other factors, it doesn't really matter, you know? It's so true. I found as a professional athlete, it's all about going hard, going big, and then go home and recover yeah. um, because you've got to get up and do the same thing the next day. Yeah. No matter how many hours it is or how intense it is, you have to go day after day after day. Um, you don't really get rest days, yeah. so you need to recover in between. And um, luckily, those pieces are starting to fall into place. I'm feeling really good about the training. I'm excited to go into Brazil and really see what I can do and, and how fast I can go and you know, it's just, it's super exciting. And so what does a typical kind of week of training look like for you? I mean, I know you do an insane amount of hours. So. <laughs> I'm at, uh, you know, <laughs> over 30 hours. And, Ugh. you know, that doesn't include, obviously, you know, getting PT work done, getting massage done, or even taking care of your bike and, yeah. and, and packing the bike up or, or your nutrition before uh, a workout. So it, it makes for a tough week to, to squeeze in all the training and work and everything else. Um, but you know, typical day I'll have two to three workouts. And, um, so it's, it's the timing of everything that becomes critical because it's not, you know, two easy workouts, one hard one, you know, it might be a couple hard workouts yeah. back to back. And then, you know, one workout might be a six and a half hour bike ride, climbing up peak to peak to Estes. So, yeah. um, it's intense. And, um, you know, I think a lot of people think, uh, pro athlete life, that's so glamorous. Like you get to just go out and ride your bike. And unfortunately, a lot of times I'm riding like a very flat, non-exciting route. Yeah. And my key objective is to get the power up. So it's about going out and suffering for yeah. four hours. And so, you know, you can't really say that's fun no. or glamorous. It's about getting the work done day after day. And uh, it takes an incredible amount of strength and fortitude to do that. And uh, I'm finding that the pro athlete community out here has been incredible. You know, I look up and respect and admire everyone here because I realize, you know what, we're all in this together. We're working so hard. And uh no one's getting rich off of it. So yeah. it's it's a labor of love for sure. Yeah. And so like, what are some of your favorite workouts? Um, well, my favorite are those long rides when I can get yeah. up into the mountains. And that's why I feel like I'm here in Colorado. Oh, that's um, the best. 
Amazing. Climbing, you know, peak to peak, going up, visiting the small mountain towns, going to Estes Park, the beautiful views. Those long days on the bike are are really what I live for. And I think why I'm an Ironman athlete, because I I just love it. Is Um, the bike your favorite? It's one of my favorites. I do love running. I say it's close between the biking and the running. And uh, the days that I get to go out and trail run here are super special to me to to go, you know, run around Wonderland Lake the way that we did this morning or run up Sunita's or Green Mountain, you know, that's yeah. why you're here in Colorado. Oh, it's just like a playground in our backyard. It's exactly. incredible. Um, let's, let's talk about nutrition because I know yeah. that's a huge part of your sort of um, tool, you know, tool belt um, as an athlete, which I think uh, we, at Healthy Scoop, we would totally agree that that should be one of <laughs> so the main, important. yeah, one of the main, you know, secret weapons of the athlete. And yeah. I think a lot of athletes and, and people sort of underestimate the power of, of healthy nutrition and, and optimizing your, your diet and your lifestyle to better perform. So talk about sort of exactly. how you do it and what your, you know, kind of secrets are and, and, and how it's um, affected your performance as an athlete. Yeah, I mean, that was probably one of the big eye-openers for me last year when I went from age group to pro was the nutrition. I always thought I was healthy and, you know, ate healthfully, but you don't realize, you know, you really have to up the ante when you are training hard every single day. And so, you know, a key thing I wasn't zeroing in on was really the proportion of protein, proportion of fat, proportion of carbohydrates I was getting in as well as, you know, how high quality uh, of a source was I getting for those? And then the timing of the nutrition. Those were things that I was kind of rough on. You know, I just thought, oh, I ate lots of fruits and veggies. I ate carbs, I ate protein. But um, I'm finding that really cleaning that up. Um, So I've been switching over to plant-based protein sources. So that's why Healthy Scoop has been so critical for me. you know, in terms of pre-workout as well as I make my own uh, homemade kind of super bars with the protein powder in them that nice. I, I take on my long rides. And then I also use the protein for recovery and later in the day. Um, I've found actually getting protein at night helps me sleep. So trying to get more sleep in, trying to get better quality sleep is key to recovery. And that's something I've been working really hard on. Um, so those are all, you know, big factors that have been coming into play. And you found it to be, uh, like a a pretty important, um, factor for you. Like what kind of benefits have you noticed, um, you know, in terms of recovery or sleep or just, you know, power, what, what, what else? Absolutely. So it, it all goes back to feeling good. And I've realized, you know, those days when I, I kind of don't eat quite as well, I feel it. Yeah. And um, with the pro athlete lifestyle and these back-to-back workouts, I found you've got to be eating cleanly to go from one workout straight into yeah. another or else your stomach, you're going to have issues, you're going to have GI issues, you know? Like there are some good ways to really mess up your run or your ride um, by, you know, eating the wrong things or not getting enough calories in. Uh, when you need them, which is right before during that workout and then in that critical window following the workout. And then what what um, are some of your favorite like pre and post workout meals? Because I feel like a lot of people um, and athletes that are either new or even seasoned 
struggle with that pre and post because either you eat something too big and it disrupts your stomach, like mm-hmm. you're saying, GI, or after workout, you don't really know what to eat, and then it can kind of throw off your whole recovery game. So what what are some of your go-to meals or snacks that are are both, you know, very approachable and accessible for the athlete so you don't have to, like, make some fancy, huge meal, but yeah. when you're completely wrecked after a six-hour ride, how are you um, doing that? Exactly. Yeah. Um, it, I agree. It has to be easy, fast. <laughs> yeah. I don't spend time cooking. I spend time training and recovering. Um, so I make, you know, these homemade uh, protein bars, which I love to have for breakfast, which are essentially oatmeal, the healthy scoop protein powder, nut butter, and then I mix in, you know, nuts, raisins, whatever else I want, almond milk. Um, and they're a great go-to throughout the day as well as during rides. And then also sweet potatoes are huge. Mm. So I'll cook them in the microwave and have some cinnamon on it. And yes. that's a great, you know, pre. Or I stick it in a plastic baggie and put it in my bike jersey. And it actually turns into like this baby food mush, <laughs> which is great when you're yeah. out riding. Um, so do a lot of sweet potatoes and then oatmeal as well. It's really big early in the day feeling those workouts and then post-workout getting the protein in um so a healthy scoop protein powder in a shake or i'll do as a dessert after lunch after dinner at night um and make my own kind of like smoothies and, and frozen treats with the the healthy scoop which i love okay and so brazil's coming up in a couple of weeks what is uh kind of on the schedule for that and then what are your goals for brazil what are you hoping to do Oh, definitely a PR would be amazing. So hoping to get my fastest swim, bike, and run in there. Um, I'd love to get on the podium in Brazil. I think that's one of those things you always aspire for, especially as a pro. You know, that prize purse, that's an important yeah. part of our income. And, you know, this year we've my coach and I have kind of called it the Latin tour. So I've been doing a lot of racing, um, you know, in Latin America and uh, – you know, I'm shelling out money for these plane tickets. So it's a, it's a little bit of a gamble hoping that I, you know, get into the prize money and, yeah. and can help fund the trip. But so far, it's been going really well. That's cool. Um, yeah, so before we wrap it up, uh, what else um, is, is kind of coming up for you after Brazil? Or are you just, I mean, I know you were, earlier we were talking about Leadville. Um, that sounds amazing. And it's it's kind of a cool thing to hear that you're doing something that's more about fun than just the intense, you know, pro athlete focus. Uh, yeah, I think you need a, a mental break, or at least I, I tend to be 100% on or not. And so right now I've been dialed in, I've had three almost kind of you know, back-to-back races, uh, one every month with Brazil coming up. So after that, I know I need a little bit of downtime just to, you know, catch up with family, catch up with friends, and then as well to to make sure that you're doing the sport because you love it, returning to the hobby side of yeah. it uh, and, and kind of leaving the job a little bit. So Leadville for me is uh, a very special race. The 100-mile mountain bike race is a, a new way to challenge myself. I did it in 2015, and I'm so excited to go back and, and do it again this year. I feel like, you know, the trails kind of call to me, and I like to get on, on the mountain bike or, or trail run and um, 
this year I'm racing with the First Descents team, and um, that's a cause that's really special to me. So um, First Descents is an organization that provides outdoor experiences for cancer patients and mm. survivors, um, and for young people in particular. Um, so for me to, to be on a team and to kind of help raise awareness for this organization is incredible. And um, this year on the team, we'll actually have a number of the program alumni, so um, cancer survivors racing with us, which will be really, really special. So it's one of those things you do, you know, out of your heart for the love of it, and and that's important. So that'll be my, you know, mid-season break, and then uh, in the fall, we'll look to, to go back and put some more Ironman races on the schedule. Awesome. Well, uh Thank you so much for coming into the office and to for the interview and uh, for just being an awesome athlete and steward of, of the Healthy Scoop brand. What last words of, of, of advice could you impart onto the listener, whether they're an, oh, a weekend warrior or an elite athlete or just, you know, the average person that wants to, you know, get into being more active, more uh, intentional with, with their, you know, training or, or, or competing? Yeah, for me, I would say it's follow your heart, follow your dreams, do you know what's calling to you, um, and don't necessarily pick a certain race because that's what everybody's doing, or you feel like you need to prove it. Um, you know, make sure that you're staying happy, and then a, a big part of that is is healthy. <laughs> yeah. So make sure you take care of yourself as you go through that process with the recovery and with the nutrition. Great. Well, best of luck at Brazil, and we'll be we'll be keeping up with you and, and following along. So, thank you. Sounds good.